regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. I'm Jacques Hopkins, and here with me as well is our co-host. How's it going, Dr. K? What's up, buddy? Man, another episode of The Online Course Show. This is 145, and uh, man, I don't know about you, but I love doing this, and I'm excited to dive into this episode a little bit. It's super fun to catch up each week. Yeah. What's been going on with you, man? Oh, well, I shared last week that I got my little lead magnet course for my local community. Um, Again, it's called Fix the Pain, Level Up Your Life. And uh, there's a roller coaster in uh, course creation and courses. Uh, Yesterday, we got our first new patient scheduled as a result of my little, uh, that that course. Mm. And uh, then I- Very very nice. nice. Yeah. Funnel, funnel and work. Exactly. And then um, I was talking to a lady who was going through it and she was like, she's like, I am loving your emails each morning. She's like, I've snorted reading them. She's like, they, they had me laughing out loud, which is just music to my ears. I actually really do enjoy the copywriting process. So yesterday I'm like, this is fantastic. Woke up this morning, um, get an email from Facebook. My ad is shut down. They said I was breaking their rules. And so uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, there's a, there's a uh, lesson in the course about how to lose weight. And I'm pretty sure that I bumped up against where Facebook says that you can't make promises. And uh, I, I call that lesson the one picture that you need to see to understand how to lose weight. And I think that somebody reported me or something. And, and yeah, so today I'll be trying to fix my ads and uh, just get the course back on the rails. Yeah, I know there's some there's some niches that are just really really hard to comply with advertising standards with, and certainly weight loss is one of the those. I know a guy mm-hmm. named uh, named Andrew Hanoon who has done very very well with courses, and he started he, he grew his business to to pro- probably close to six figures a month with just organic strategies, and so he really wanted to start scaling even more with ads. And man, he struggled so much. <laughs> With with getting ads approved because he's in the weight loss niche, and to be honest with you, I don't know if it, if it ever worked out uh, for him. I, I need to follow up with him and see if it ever did. Oh yeah, that's a it's a definitely a red flag area, and so I'll I'll be messing with my copy on my ad and just trying to get it to comply. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, good good for you, man. I remember when I first read Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson years ago. He talked about all the different types of funnels you could have. That was that was one of one of the first times that I learned about funnels and, and funnels for all kinds of different businesses. And, and for those that aren't familiar, you, you are a chiropractor by day. You also have an online course as well. But in this case, you have a free little course, mostly for your local community there in Iowa. But the idea is to generate more foot traffic to your local chiropractic, uh, what's it called? A clinic, studio? What, what do you, what's clinic. the jargon? Yeah, clinic. chiropractic clinic. clinic. There you go. Um, and so it makes me think of when I was reading that book, because he even had funnels for like in-person businesses, which I'm not super familiar with, but you have a lot of experience there. So so well done. That's awesome that you got your first Thank you. person coming in from that. Thank you. So what, what else, about man? you? I saw, oh, well, I saw, I've, I've been uh, following in the Facebook group. I see that you were all excited about a new uh, new purchase. So what'd you buy in the last couple of weeks? Well, man, I am, I don't know that I've been really great at, at, 
cranking out content the past year or so. I've done a lot of like systemizing things and um, and organization and logistical things, but I, I feel like I've got a lot of content to offer both on the piano side and the online core uh, online course side. And obviously, we do this podcast, but I think there's even more I can do. So I'm just really trying to d- dial in my studio here, right? And so I've got these three really great cameras. I've got three camera angles. And um, and I recently bought a new teleprompter because I have um, I have a video editor on my team now, uh, a new video editor who's amazing. And he's like, he's kind of tired of editing my jump cut videos. Are you familiar with the jump cut video? Definitely. Yeah. The, I first learned that technique from James Wedmore back in the day. And you just kind of write out a script. And then what you do instead of memorizing it or using a teleprompter is you just kind of read a couple of sentences and try to memorize that. Then look mm-hmm. up at the camera and then recite it. Go back down to your page and, and get the next sentence or two and so on. And then the video editor just has to cut, 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 cut. It's just a style of video. And, uh, and, and my video editor was like, you know, you should really think about a teleprompter. It's, it's kind of hard to edit these videos. <laughs> and I was like, look, Zoltan, uh, I used to have a teleprompter. I used to do some teleprompter stuff, but it's just a pain. And he's like, yeah, I get it. And so I started looking into it and, and I, I found this really great, uh, this, this great new style of teleprompter that just literally kind of screws onto the front of the lens of your mm-hmm. camera. And then you just slide your phone into it. Like it's super small. And there's a, you, you put a teleprompter app on there, you load your, your script and it works great. And it's only 99 bucks. It's called the, mm. the parrot. It's like the parrot Padcaster or something like that. I put a post in, in the Facebook group, you know, the online course community. And so if some people said, yeah, that's what I use. It's amazing. And other people are like, thanks so much. I'll check it out. But it is, uh, it is really nice. And, and my video editor is like, man, this is great. You're, do- you're, doing, you're doing great. It's so smooth now. So I've been cranking out some content. And I think that's the purchase you were talking about because I posted it, it in the Facebook group. But I also bought another toy. Hold on, hold on. I got a question about the uh, the uh, that teleprompter. Okay. So are you are you going to um, are you typing out everything you're going to say, or are you at this point doing more uh, bullet point outline and making it more organic as it you're doing va- these videos? It very much depends on what it is, right? So, for example, a couple of days ago, I filmed a new piano YouTube video. It was about uh, chord changes, uh, smooth chord changes, and I had an exact message that I want to to convey. And I'm not always the best at just off-the-cuff stuff, to be honest with you. I really wanted to kind of script it out, tweak it. You know, I kind of wrote out a script. The next day, I revisited it. I'm like, you know, once you kind of step away from it, come back to it, there's like, oh, well, I don't want to put that there. I want to rearrange this. So I really fine-tuned my script. And then I loaded it in the teleprompter. And I think it turned out great. We just finished producing the video, and it's going to go up on YouTube here shortly. And so... You know, to answer your question, it just depends on the content. Definitely. All right. What else did you buy? I bought something and it's, it's also a camera toy. It's called a slider. Have you ever heard of a slider? No, man. I'm trying to be as professional as possible over here. Camera two. So I have camera one. I'm looking at you right now, uh, right next to camera one, which is my main shot. And obviously most people listening to this right now are, are audio only, but, uh, but, but my main shot here that we're communicating with, um, is camera one over here on the side is camera two that gets that nice side angle. I put mm-hmm. that one on a slider and it's just going back and forth, back <laughs> and forth. And it gives it this really neat professional cinematic 
look when you cut. And I know I noticed a lot of talk shows. Um, I'm not going to name any specific names, but 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 very you know people that are on TV have mm-hmm. these angles where you have the straight on angle. And then a lot of times the second angle from the side is on, you can tell it's on a slider. Mm. I didn't even know what that term was until a few weeks ago. And so I set it up and like about a week ago and, uh, and I looked at some clips and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't like that. that that's too professional for me. But, I, but I, and I showed my video editors like, man, this is great. This is, this is good stuff. We're getting somewhere. So I'm excited about that toy as well. And I'm recording this right now on, on both of these camera angles right now. Slider. Yeah. What about that? What about that new piano in 21 days uh, video? Is that going to have some of the slider action going? No, I set the slider up after that new YouTube video, but, but look, I want to start making more YouTube videos, both on the online course guy side uh, and the piano side. And I'm starting to do content repurposing here with this podcast too. And we can talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit, but I'm extracting clips from the full podcast episodes and and I'm dropping them into the podcast feed. We, let's get into that. But also, since we're on the topic of video, I'm taking clips, video clips from the podcast and putting them in places as well. And so, for example, that that's why I'm recording camera two on the slider right now is is we'll have clips from this episode and we'll people will be able to see the, the video clips and you'll be able to see that slider for episode 145. Definitely. Yep. I had to uh, clean up the background of my room that I record in because uh, you said, hey, the, we might actually start <laughs> to put out some of these videos. So I'm in like my storage room. I'm next to some giant things of toilet paper and uh, paper towels from Costco. And uh, but I tugged in a plant here and put up a nice picture in the background. So, uh, yeah, trying to be presentable if you end up sharing any of these clips. Man, I love it. You got a collared shirt. You got you got a picture in the go. background. You got the nice green plant. It looks really good. And so speaking of these clips, you know, we we kind of announced it on the show last week about extracting clips and dropping the audio clips into the podcast feed each day. And and we record these episodes ahead of time. So at the time we're recording this right now, none of those clips have actually dropped into the feed yet. So I'm still waiting for that to happen and see what kind of response I get, but the process of putting those in there was not too difficult and I just really think it's going to add value for people. And so uh, I kind of said we were going to try it for a week, but I feel good about tr- for trying it for for a few weeks, and and I feel like we're going to be doing that for this episode as well. But but only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I got to listen to one of those little segments, and and I think that a lot of people will find that uh, more appealing is just to look for a uh, little daily daily inspiration, um, education, or humor. And I think that it really could uh, level up some of your interviews because you're going to be, if, if you're each week, you're looking for those six little segments that are most valuable for people. Um, you'll be, be maybe even more focused on what questions just get people to share these amazing stories, um, you know, share a sense of humor, share their, their emotional moments. And, and I think it'll be great. Or, or, or ask for more detail about how to do a certain thing because you know that it's something that can be an instructional moment as a segment. So yeah, totally. I'm excited. Yeah, and and on that note, you know, we're on episode 145 here and there was a, there was a conversation I did last week for for a, a 
episode that's coming out well into the future, not not this one, but uh, it was probably an hour and a half conversation for the podcast. And I'm trying to just go like even more casual, just like, hey, let's sit down. Let's like we're having a cup of coffee together or whatever. And let's let me find out about your business. And if you want to ask questions back about mine, great. Let's just have a conversation. And on the note, what you were just talking about, this particular conversation, I could tell about about halfway through or maybe a little before halfway through the the tone just kind of shifted and and we both were able to just relax a little bit and and I would say the second half of the interview if you even want to call that it's more of a conversation was was way better than the first half the first half was a little more rigid and business like and then the second half was amazing it was just it was mm-hmm. like we be, all of a sudden became friends and we were just chatting about courses which is kind of what I'm going for uh with this podcast going forward so um Man, what else? Anything else uh, on the agenda for this intro here on your side? Um, no, I mean, I just i I saw this week uh, you shared that you were featured in this mental floss article, the fifty things you can learn on YouTube, and so uh, just a, a nice little thing where your content is getting out there and and people are noticing and um, pu- free publicity. Excellent. Yeah. Did you notice they put learn piano at number twenty one on the list? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. So somebody somebody bought my course, my piano course, and they sent me an email after and they were like, hey, you know, so excited to start. This is how I found you, by the way. And I hadn't even seen the article. And I don't even know that it's a new article. And yeah, so the idea behind the article was, was I think, you know, quarantine related, pandemic related, 50 things you can learn from home or home slash on YouTube. And number twenty one was learn piano, and it was all it was all about just learning piano in general. But the, the the video they linked to was one of my videos called "Learn Piano in Four Minutes," and somehow it was number twenty one on the list. And I just thought that was hilarious because of piano in twenty one days. Well, so as you get more and more publicity, I was curious: have you had a random person like stop you or come up to you <laughs> or look at you funny, and you're like, "Why are they looking at me?" And like they're like, "Are you the piano guy?" Yeah, have you I had, had that experience yet? One one time, I have been recognized in public, and I, I don't remember if I've shared this on the podcast before or not. I feel like I would have because that's uh-uh. so weird for me, right? I mean, have you ever uh-huh. have you ever been outside of your city and been recognized? Um, traveling the country, yeah. I mean, I've run into random friends like yeah. in Las Vegas and one in the one in the parking lot of Yellowstone, but they're very memorable. But not like uh, not like somebody saying like, "Are you this guy? Just some stranger?" Nobody said, "Hey, you're the co-host of the online course show." <laughs> not not yet. yet. That's coming, David. That's coming. Coming. Yeah. So it was probably about a year ago, and we were on our way to France, and which man, we can't do that right now. I'm, I'm like thinking back to our trip to France. I'm looking forward to being able to do things like that again. But we're on our way to France, and I'm in the Atlanta airport. And we actually stayed the the night. We flew to Atlanta, stayed the night there, and then we were going to fly to to France the next day. And so early that morning, me and my youngest daughter, Zoe, uh, got up to just kind of go get checked in and get our tickets. We were staying right by the airport and come back. So I'm walking to go get the tickets, and it's just me and a, with a stroller and my daughter, Zoe. And uh, and I and I pass by these two girls, and and one of them turns around, and she goes, she said something like Jake's J- J- Jock. <laughs> and I turn around, I'm like, 
And, and I, I don't know who this girl is. And she's like, hey, my name, I think her name was Kristen. She's like, I just signed up for your piano course. And, no she, way. and I was like, what? And uh, she's like, yeah, I noticed uh, I, I noticed Zoe. And, and and that's how I knew it was you because I, I Zoe's in a couple of videos, um, promotional videos for piano. And I was just kind of speechless. Like I should have just like taken a selfie with her and and posted uh, something on social media. But I was just like, man, this is amazing. And so, of course, you know, after that experience, I'm like going to my wife and and the other people were traveling. I was like, guess what just happened? Like somebody recognized me. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's a great story. I've got a similar one in a way, except I wasn't wasn't across the country, but. Um, when I first opened my practice here in Des Moines, um, I was I was already going out and doing some of these lunch and learn type things. And I went and did a goal setting talk at a MOPS group. So mothers of preschoolers. So it was me and like 35 moms and took them through this whole goal setting workshop. Like three years go by and I'm down at the farmer's market and this lady walks by me and looks at me just so weird. And then comes back to me and says, did you, did you do this talk on goal setting? Like (laughs) at this Willow Creek church three years ago. And I was like, yeah, she started like crying and just was like, she's like, I just realized that that was the turning point in my life where I decided I needed to go back to college. She's like, I've gotten a degree. She's like, I have my nursing job now. And uh, I gave her this like most awkward ever hug. But I mean, I felt like it was like, I felt like I was on TV, but, um, you know, and that's the kind of thing that I live for is like trying to just at some level improve people's lives. Um, but yeah, those are great stories. Yeah, that's good stuff. You know, both both of our stories were, were pretty positive. Uh, you know, I can't imagine um, a, a situation where it's like the opposite reaction where it's like, oh, man, there's Jacques that a-hole like <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and maybe that has happened and they haven't you know approached me. But hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> so uh, let's transition a little bit and talk about community and communities as it relates to courses. At this point, I pretty much have a community for for every course that I have. And I kind of fought creating that for a while. But lately, David, I've been thinking that communities might be as important as the course and maybe even more important. And I think that you feel feel pretty confident that the community part uh, of something like the online course show or Piano in 21 Days and so on is, is pretty big, pretty big part of it. Definitely. And I'm, I'm, I, I've taken a course that I currently pay a hundred dollars a month to be a part of a community. And I don't bat an eye at that. And it's not really for new content. It's for, it's for a group of people that I can share, share successes and struggles with. Yeah. So there's paid communities, there's free communities. And a lot of people, I would say most, most online communities, people go to Facebook to create them, fa- Facebook groups. That's kind of the go-to thing. And that's where all of mine are at this point. And I'm not saying that that's going away or I'm changing anything necessarily. I'm just starting to reevaluate things like that. And so let me, let me walk you through the process of, of what happened leading up to this conversation that I had with, with today's guest who founded a software that that is based completely on communities and it was just a, such an enjoyable conversation and learning more about the power of community so like i said i've been considering this move either off of facebook or trying to do something um not necessarily move but but maybe have something on facebook and somewhere else 
Um, there's just there's there's problems with Facebook groups. There's ads. There's distractions. Um, not everybody's on Facebook. That's a that's a big problem. I have my Facebook group for my piano students, and a lot of people is like, "Look, Jacques, I'd love to be there, but I, I just don't have a Facebook account. What, what what other option do you have?" And at this point, I don't have one, and so I'm just trying to serve people the best way that I can. But I haven't found a good solution yet. And then I see this post a, a couple weeks ago from Sam Ovens, who is is one of the many people that I learned from. And um, I'm in a couple of his programs that I purchased years and years ago. And one of his programs, he put a post in the Facebook group associated with that program. We're moving off of this Facebook group onto this other platform. And I'm like, okay, what is this? It's called like school with a K. And I was like, okay, this is interesting because Pat Flynn recently created a community and he's using something that's called Circle. And then I had heard of this thing called Mighty Networks. I'm like, man, there's so many alternatives out there. As it turns out, Sam Ovens and his team developed this thing called School. That's Sam Ovens' platform. And so he's trying to grow that. He's getting to the SaaS business, I guess. So that was interesting that he would move off Facebook groups because he's always talked so highly of them. Mm -hmm. And then that led me to go back. I was like, I remember this thing called Mighty Networks. Pat Flynn had a had a uh, uh, someone on his show um, talking about this this community platform. So I went back and listened to it and was really impressed uh, by what Gina had to say about community and about Mighty Networks. And then I went back and listened to some of Pat's more recent episodes because he recent launched recently launched his community, and I just wanted to hear the the things that he was thinking about as he launched that. And I started looking into these different platforms. And on the surface level, Mighty Networks was the most impressive to me, mostly because it offered courses as well within the same mm-hmm. platform. And these other these other softwares didn't. So I was very, very intrigued. And so on paper, Mighty Networks looks really cool. So I went ahead and kind of signed up for a trial. Shortly after I signed up for the trial, I get an email from Gina, like an automated email. And so I was like, huh. I wonder if she'd want to come on my podcast and let's talk about it a little bit. Let me get some direct feedback about my particular situation. So I replied to that email and within a day, she was like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, it all happened very quickly because I think I got that email on a Monday, replied to it on a, on a Tuesday, she replied. And then by, by a Thursday, that Thursday, we were chatting. So that's the steps that led to this conversation that we're about to hear. All right. So here we go with the full conversation between me and the founder of Mighty Networks, Gina. Hi, Gina. Welcome to the Online Course Show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. it it's such a pleasure to have you. I, uh, I have an online course, uh, as you're aware. I have, I have a few actually, but my biggest one is for my piano students. And their success and happiness and overall experience is extremely important to me. So I always want to make sure that I am doing everything I can to to give them give them all those those things. Mm-hmm. And lately I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm on the right course platform. And we'll get into this, but a course is more than just a, a course too. And mm-hmm. you're big into community. And so I started looking at all the different options and there's so many out there. Yeah. And from what I've seen so far, I really like what I see out of Mighty Networks. And so that's why I'm excited to talk to you a little bit uh, about it today. Um, let me let me start like this. I have a piano course, over 5,000 students, been doing it for seven, seven years. Why would my course be a good fit for Mighty Networks? Yeah. So, so first of all, that's awesome that you're doing that. Like the fact that you are teaching 
online and I bet you have, you know, again, we're just meeting for the first time, but I bet you have some truly incredible stories about people who are taking piano lessons from you that you could never have predicted and that would have never happened if it was just you teaching, you know, around the corner from your house and the students that you would have, you would have had. So I just want to start by saying, Congratulations. And like, you know, and I think that this is true for anybody who is, who has taught a course online when, when you do it, it, it is the most energizing and magical experience possible. And, and I just, I like, just want to say that and celebrate that for a minute because, um, I think, I think teaching the course that, that I teach on Mighty Networks has been one of the most meaningful professional experiences of my career. And I totally started in a very different place. I didn't think that creating a course was for me. Like I, I thought you had to have like, I thought, I thought you actually had to be doing it for seven years and have 5,000 students to like be able, like, I, I thought there was like, you know, certification or something in, um, in teaching an online course. So I actually put it off. Uh, and, and I think this leads into how, I, I, I believe you could use a mighty network um, and where I think online courses can go from here and where that I do believe that they are going to go from here. So, you know, fundamentally anything that is a, a course is, is the process or the journey of mastering something interesting or important to someone. Some, one of your, one of your students is taking your course because they want to learn how to play the piano. What do we know about learning and what do we know about mastery? Mastery generally is not done best watching online videos that are 15 minutes and taking a quiz. That is not like that. That is some other paradigm that, you know, comes from an industrial, uh, you know, learning environment as opposed to where and how we have learned for centuries how to do things, which is through community through connections. It's not just about the instructor. The instructor sets up the framework for that journey to master something interesting or important to somebody, but it's the people you're doing it with that really matter. And so we actually at Mighty Networks started as just a community platform. Like that's not just, like it's actually kind of hard to build, especially if you do it, you know, on every platform, instantly available on iOS and Android and web and desktop web and mobile web. It's actually kind of hard to do. And it's hard, you know, with some of the things that we're really focused on, which is how do you build relationships with other members, as opposed to, I think one of the things that's happened online is that the the term audience and community have come to be synonymous and they are quite different. An audience is no one is connecting to each other. A community is where relationships are being built between people. And when you have a community that is building relationships between people, guess what happens? You actually are building a network, which means, especially in the context of mastering something interesting or important together, that somebody is much more likely to stick with a program, stick with that mastery if they are if there are multiple points of contact and multiple ways of staying engaged with that course. And so today, when when we don't have that network or that community component, what do you do? Well, you send a, a 
lot of emails. I was thinking, I was like, is this a PG 13 podcast or not? But I'm just going to go with a lot. Um, (laughs) You send a lot of emails, you try your best to make your content as compelling and high quality as possible. And you, you, you value your instruction on how much content you're actually giving people. And the reality is why does any of us, why, why do we take an online course? We take it so that we can learn as quickly as possible, the things that we want to learn. So that we can have new skills, new practices, new talents. People take piano lessons because they want to know how to play the piano as fast as possible. They don't take it because they want 40 hours of programming and content. And so if you can create something that is much more of a community, um, you know, because we, we only built online courses into our platform when our, when our, when our creators told us to. Like, and they, they told us to for like a year. We're like, wait, what? Why? Like, can't you do it this way? They're like, no, 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 just build it in. And it has unlocked so much. And I, again, I'm, I'm sort of jumping around here, but the power of a class, the power of a cohort, the power of a community to not only internalize what you are teaching, but, but then to actually stick with it longer and more effectively and learn faster and practice more intensely comes from waking up in the morning and knowing that you don't really want to do it and like checking your phone and seeing a notification that another student who you actually respect and like just practiced or just, you know, just did something that they just had a win that they didn't think that they could do. My aunt's a piano teacher and like, I love like, like she gets all excited when, when, um, when kids learn how to play, you know, a classical piece or like a really hard piece. And, um, and it's just super, like we, we feed off of those wins from other students because that's the thing where you're like, okay, well, if that person can do it, then I can do it. And today, unfortunately, you know, when all of the course platforms are primarily focused on content, you know, then what happens is you, you spend, you know, six and remind me that we need to talk about also the speed of creating, you know, something that actually works because what happens is this notion, it's all content. You spend six months, like building out all your content before you actually, you know, have it reach anybody. And then you put it out and it like, it either works or it doesn't, but then quickly you figure out you have to have a community. So you go out and you look for like a Facebook group or Mighty Network or any new service that you know is 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 coming out. And that fragmentation, even if it's like nicely integrated with Teachable, it's still fragmented. It's still not a community. And so when you can actually bring a community and course together, something profound happens. From from the moment that I last stopped talking until now, you have absolutely nailed it. And a lot of these things that you're saying are things that I've just been thinking about more lately than yeah. throughout the entire seven years of my online course. And to be perfectly honest with you, when I, when I got the idea to create my online course in 2013, my number one motivator was, was, was passive income. That's that's what drove me. But now my number one motivator is is impact. I never taught a single person piano before I got the idea for an online piano course. I was an electrical engineer and I started putting content out there and it actually resonated with people and actually allowed people to learn how to play piano. And once I started getting thank yous from people, Jacques, I never thought I'd actually be able to play, but because of your simple method, I can now play. Or like you were uh, suggesting, like 
somebody took signed up for my course 13 days ago and now they're posting a video of them playing an actual song that's what motivates and drives me now and yeah. for full context i fought creating a community around my course for a very long time probably because i was originally motivated by passive income and the 4 hour work week and all that i didn't want another place for me to have to go moderate yep. so it, so i didn't create a facebook group for my my students until about a year and a half ago. And so that's why there's only 1,200 people in there and there's 5,000 people have, that I've ever signed up for the program. Right. Uh, not to mention not everybody has Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. So we have the community now and lately I've been thinking the community might be as important as the content, maybe even more important. And yeah. I think you might be putting me over the edge that, to think that maybe it is even more important. So, uh, you know, it's funny as you were saying, you know, you had the, the, the course and you were like really hesitant to create a community. Um, and let's make sure we also talk about like the work involved in a community. Cause I think that that has been completely horked. I think the technical term for it is like misunderstood horkedness. Um, and, but I had the opposite. So I, you know, I, I, I have a process and a methodology um, for making community building and organizing and it just very well designed so that it's not a lot of work and it's really fun. So I love community. And I, again, was really intimidated by creating an online course. And I thought it was something that like, you know, needed to be perfect and like needed to have a lot of stuff. And you had to, there was like an expertise to it. So I put off creating an online course. And what I realized is when I could start with a community and, and essentially do a course live, um, everything changed, everything changed. And, you know, today, you know, a year we launched, we launched, uh, a, our own online course called C- the community design masterclass. It's basically our promise is how you can create a community so valuable you can charge for it. And so well-designed it essentially runs itself for all the reasons that you just said. And we've had nearly 3000 people go through it in, um, you know, in a year and it's, it's gotten some really profound results. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the I, I think the interesting thing about passive income and and the way the way that a whole thread of online courses started, um, there's a lot of validity to passive income. Like like the goal is not to create a ton of work for yourself, but what I think has happened is that the the the, the thing that's gotten lost. Is that when uh, when you bring a community to master together to master something interesting or important to them, it's the most energizing thing in the world. It's so much fun. So not only are you working for four hours a day from anywhere, but you're doing so with an energy and a sense of impact and creativity that that is just. Again, I think we, we we have decided that this is a G-rated podcast, so it's just awesome. Yeah, it's, just just trying to make it really, exist. really, really <laughs> awesome. Uh, it, we just try to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah, G-rated. But, but, I just made up that it's G-rated. I just decided I'm not swearing. That's fine. This morning, I, I and I really like, appreciate it. I would like for you to be you too. I want your true colors to shine for <laughs> no, sure. It's fine, but it, it is it is really exciting. You know, the, we, we've obviously established how important the community is if we're if we're focused on uh, talking about online courses and obviously Mighty Networks and, and and what you do 
is for more than just course creators, but that's what this audience is. So we've established how important community is, but is it important to have the community and the course in the same place? Yes. So, so I believe passionately at this point that it is. Uh, and, you know, I, I, Take I've taken a few online courses that do you know the the sort of classic teachable or Kajabi with a Facebook group and so you know I've studied this I've spent time with it I talk to creators and course creators every day who have have sought to do that for a very long time and then I've run for a year a, you know an alternative model which is to have your community and your course in the same place. Uh, and I, I especially um, think for people who are starting a course from scratch, um, you know, having your community and your course in the same place is profound. Uh, so let me tell you what I think, you know, m- what, what creators have shared with me, but also sort of what I observe as, as the differences. So, so again, if we come back to what the goal is, which is to master something interesting or important um, that you're willing to pay for and pay a premium for. First of all, people pay attention to what they pay for. So that that first and foremost is, I think, a really, really important um, foundational element. Uh, and when you have your community and your course together in the same place, what you actually build is a habit around your course. And it, the habit isn't, you know, on Facebook and like trying to get people back to, to teachable or back to Kajabi when, you know, Facebook is, is super, super addictive. The, the challenge though, fundamentally is those two things being in two separate places creates a ton of work for you as the, the course creator. And it's not great for your members because you've got to bring the two things together. The, 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 I don't think about course content as content. I think about it as you are creating a structural journey that all the members or all of the students are actually contributing into. So the value of a course is the structure that you as the course creator are offering somebody and it's the it's the stories and the experiences and the highs and the lows of other students who are going through that course together that really brings it to life creates the vibrancy the three dimensionalness like people actually start to take from other people like wait a second i can really do this or you know what that's awesome and so it's more reasons for people to come back so when you have the the course content and community together in the same place it means you're actually bringing people back to the course content faster and more effectively with less work and last time i checked getting people back to your course content and structure faster more effectively and with less work because it's everybody else is actually bringing them back to the same place it you're going to get people better results. What happens when you get people better results? Last time I checked, people pay for results and transformation. That is the point. It, you you can then use your the testimonials and you can, you know, have referrals and affiliate, all the things that we do. The successful courses where you actually get results for people are so much faster and easier to grow than something that doesn't. So that I think is super important. And then let's talk about Facebook specifically. There is a reason why in, you know, in real life, when we want to learn something in a workshop or a seminar, that we go somewhere away from our house to, to stay focused. So the, the language that our 
course creators would talk to us about a, a lot like and and still do is I don't have to fight the clutter and the noise and unfortunately the toxicity of Facebook because if somebody's interacting with your course in 3 second increments because that's what Facebook counts as a view 3 second increments in between you know misinformation you know a political fight you know or an outrage because that's actually again what um what Facebook prioritizes is the outrage. So since when does it make sense to have your online course community where people are, are building relationships with each other? They, they want to go deeper. They want to have more focus. That's why they're paying a premium for your course. And instead, they're, it, you know, you're trying to actually help them build a community and a distraction engine. It doesn't make any sense. And so you know, uh, one of my favorite examples of this is we have a we have a uh, a mighty network called Find What Feels Good Cool Up. It's the community uh, for yoga with Adrian, who has a YouTube channel and, and is very popular. And Sarah Bowman, who runs the community, uh, shares a story of they had twenty five thousand people in a Facebook group, and what they found was that people were coming in hot. They were coming in to a yoga community on Facebook, mad about stuff, angry at other members of this yoga community. Whereas when they moved to their own mighty network away from the noise clutter, like under their own brand, with their own culture, with their own norms, they could ask the same exact question that they were asking on their Facebook group and get a completely different set of answers. So now imagine and apply that to your course and having an impact and keeping, you know, completion, getting completion rates higher. It just, it just makes so much more sense to bring a community and course together in the same place as opposed to spreading it out. And then this, this notion, and I think we're going to start to see more of this where it's like, oh, well, I can embed a community into Teachable, for example. I just don't think, you know, you really do have to think about the two pieces less as like one gets embedded in the other. And you have to think about them together as a, as a complete system, which takes time and work. You know, we're on our third iteration of it now based on feedback and optimization and have just seen the, the results, engagement, revenue, um, and, and overall reviews of, and ratings of our, of our, platform go through the roof because you want to think about how the whole system of a community and course works together. Ultimately, my number one priority is student success. And I've really, um, I've really identified that probably over the past like six months and all of the decisions and everything going on within my business. I look I look through the lens of saying, okay, my number one priority is student success. So then how would I answer this? Or then what would be the decision to be made? And that's why I'm, uh, that's why I'm looking into things like this right now. And ultimately your answer just now about having the community and the course in the same place sounds like it comes down to student success. But if I could fight back for a second on Facebook, um, I asked my community yesterday. If I move this group off of Facebook and onto another platform that was more accessible to everyone, what would you think of that? There are advantages to being on Facebook. And, I, and I'm and i having a hard time thinking about losing some of those advantages. 
So yeah. just to give you a couple of examples, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you've heard all of this before, but I, uh, I've been to this rodeo. Yes, I, I'm please. sure, I'm sure. But I wanted to give some specific res, uh, responses from my students. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, Kara says, "I need another plat. Uh, I need another platform in my life, like a hole in my head. That's a no from me." Yeah. So if I want, so if I'm all, sorry. Well, what did other people say? Well. What if ultimately I want success no, no, for no, Kara? No, hey, hey, no, 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 hang on. So, so <laughs> you have twelve hundred people. You yeah. pulled out the one person who probably doesn't like change. So, what did other people say? Well, I pulled out all the negative ones here, and there were a lot of positive ones that I wasn't going to read to you. Right, <laughs> right, and that and that's exactly the point. So, so for example, so first and foremost, human beings. There's a subset of human beings that never like change. I mean, I think Steve Jobs said it best, which was most people don't necessarily know what the next better thing is. And is Kara, like, is Kara the student and is just, is she your best student success story? No. So if you just told me a moment ago that student success is the most important thing driving you, and I just spent the last five minutes telling you, you know, what we're certainly seeing and what people are telling us, which is people get better results when their community and courses together in the same place. The other thing that you don't know is what context is Kara coming from? So for example, what she's probably thinking that you're going to do is set up your group or your community on another social media platform that she's going to have to like figure out and learn. Whereas what our, what we see our course creators showing up at Mighty Networks and saying, Hey, we're in the same way that, that somebody might move from teachable to Kajabi. And you're not sitting there saying to them, Oh my gosh, what do you guys think about that? You know, it's, Hey, we're, we're actually bringing together our community and course in in the same place, as opposed to we're going to move our group to a new platform. She doesn't know what that means. And most people don't know what it means. And that's the role that we have as course creators to say, what and how can we get more people better results? Well, if, if, especially if the next 5,000 students that you have, Jock, is gonna, that they're going to get better results by having that community and course together in the same place, you know, is, is focusing in on the negative people in, I mean, that's not how you survey. That's not how this works. You can always find somebody who doesn't want to move. But I think that the, the thing to really focus in on is, can, can you get more people better results faster and to build stronger relationships of the peop- you know, across people? And the, the answer is yes, when you pull a community and course together in the same place. Yeah, and to your point, I'm not necessarily proposing them having to have yet another platform. I'm just proposing to Kara and to everybody else where the course would be, there would also be the community. And like, like you're saying, Kara clearly doesn't understand that. Yeah, which is fine. And, and it's not necessarily, it, you know, it also comes down to how to ask the question, which is, which you've shared. So that's great. Right. But, but fundamentally, you know, this whole notion of, I don't need, I don't want another login. I I think that that's actually a really kind of funny thing because when you set a a course up where you're selling it on ClickFunnels, you have it on Teachable, your Facebook, you know, you have a Facebook group, you have to go through three different logins for that. 
and you've set it up with Zapier to like send people all these different places. But fundamentally, you know, yes, she has a Facebook account, but you know, we don't know what else she's doing on Facebook. We don't know how, how she's going to be able to focus on uh, what you're teaching and the things she wants to master together. Um, we also, I just think it's, it's, it's really funny. The number of steps people have to take to, to protect the Facebook group. Imagine you just have one login for everything, which is, which is the model that, that, you know, we advocate for. It's, it's just funny. You know, when you think about it, it's like, what is, what and how can you create something that is, is better, more engaging, more long lasting and gets people better results? Yeah, ultimately, I mean, instead of just reading reading the rest of these negative responses, ultimately, for me in my head, I'm thinking, okay, a lot of these people are already on Facebook. If while they're browsing Facebook, they can see a post from the group or that I'm going live on Facebook and it reminds them, oh, I need to practice my piano. I think what you're ultimately saying is maybe that's not the best student at the end of the day and I could be serving the better students even better elsewhere. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Okay. And and I'm 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 saying it, it I'm not saying you have to get off Facebook and delete your Facebook account. It's just where do you invest your time and energy as a course creator? And you know, if you can create a network that gets more valuable to every member with each new person who joins and participates and you can get them better results faster, then you actually can position your course as, you know, the fastest way to learn piano like the most supportive way to learn piano. Both of those are incredibly powerful messages, especially if you can deliver on them. And is you there, can deliver on them when you bring a community and course together in the same place. Is there any is there any way to make your own community, say a mighty network and a Facebook group both work? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So it, it, what I would say though is um, it's more work for you you could also have a Facebook page <laughs> and a, a whole setup where you're building a bigger audience on Facebook and then sending people into a community where they can really meet and build relationships with each other. Because I, I guarantee that your students can't build really deep and valuable relationships with each other in the same compelling way in three second views whizzing by them. But that doesn't mean that, and what I love that you just said, and I think is really powerful is, you know, that, that reminder, those nudges on Facebook are super valuable. So what about trying to figure out how to use those nudges to get people into a community? So you're not the only person nudging them, but rather that that ability to have a place that's away from the noise and clutter of Facebook where people are having wins and they're super supportive of each other in a way that sometimes is more difficult on Facebook um, and actually requires a lot more work on your part because you're actually competing with every other thing Kara is seeing on Facebook for her attention. Imagine instead you could create a network, a community that comes together and you could be going deeper together and then you don't know how that expands and how you can bring more people in from that way as well. 
So over the past uh, week or so, I've just really done a lot of brainstorming. Is uh, uh, what would the ultimate experience be for for my students? And and obviously um, the community we've gotten into that the content. Um, and then I'm thinking to myself, okay, what about accessibility of the community and the content? And to me, it makes sense to have like an app, like an app that they can access on their phone or their tablet or from their desktop. And every time they log in, it's the same, no matter which device they're they're going on. And I can do my weekly live Q&As with them from within that as well. And everything would just be all within this one piano in 21 days ecosystem. And they essentially would never have to go anywhere else. Yes. And mighty networks do that. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Explain to me the app part of that. So uh, we have multiple. So everything that happens within a mighty network. And again, you can come to MightyNetworks.com and create a mighty network for free. And on the mighty networks apps, on iOS and Android, you get to piano, learn piano in 21 days, and you're off to the races. And so you can have your course and community together in one place. On the web, you can domain map it under your brand. Um, and it's all there. So it, you know, whatever you do across platforms, it's 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 all there. Um, additionally, we're about to do a a total revamp of our events feature. It'll be out in a few weeks. Um, And if you're listening to this podcast after early September, it's out, which is, you know, the ability to, to not only set up recurring events, but also we'll, we'll have zoom integration um, where you'll be able to go live on zoom with your students um, both as a webinar or as a, a zoom room, and it will play in the apps. So you will be able to fully have or basically have in-app playing and usage of Zoom. And then on the the web, they don't actually... On desktops, they actually like have this app and it's fine. Um, So all of that comes with, you know, whether it's our free version, our community plan or our business plan, which is the plan that has um, courses and community and, and... integrations and everything you would want on, on one plan. And then we also offer a super expensive replacement. It's super expensive if you compare it to the community or business plans, but um, really very efficient and well-priced if you compare it to custom development, which typically, I don't know how familiar you or, or some of your listeners are to custom development, but it ain't cheap. It's not cheap. And it takes a really long time and it's super risky. So you're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to create your own one, you know, iOS app. And then you wake up one day and you're like, wait a second, I need to actually keep improving it. And also, uh, I also need Android. And can you guys, by the way, can you, you're, you're good. You're good. This is, this is real life. And you can, thing, you can hear me the yeah. gardener uh, at next door. And I think it's probably going to show up at my house. Um, so anyways, so we also offer a version of a mighty network that we call mighty pro where you have your own apps under your brand in the app stores. And so it is a replacement for custom development that you would, you would actually otherwise need to develop your own apps. Yeah. I've seen some course platforms do offer, 
uh, branded apps and non-branded apps. And it sounds like Mighty Networks has that. Now, which, uh, which ones? Because here's the thing that I've observed, and there's a very specific reason, at least the main. So most course, uh, which ones have you seen that have your own branded apps? So let, let me give you an example. Uh, sure. There's one called Members Pro, which you okay. can build your course in it. You can also do the app thing. They don't have the community yet, but that's coming out in a couple of months. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I would be very interested to know, and I'll go check it out if they actually have native mobile apps. So what a lot of people are trying to do is like, oh, it's the same thing to have a essentially a web app in in the mobile app. And it's not the same thing. So we we see the numbers in terms of where the engagement is happening. Native mobile apps are really very different than that sort of an approach. Okay. Uh, the other thing is that, again, coordinating and integrating your community and your course content in the same place under your own branded native app, super, super effective, super valuable, and kind of hard to do. So that's uh, that's Mighty Pro. That's what you're talking mm-hmm. about right now. And is that a, is that like a one-time fee for setting up or is that also a monthly plan? Yeah. So it's actually an annual plan and it replaces custom development. So it's it's again, it's competing with hundreds of thousands of dollars in investment that you would get one time. We have a different model, which is you pay an annual fee and you get all the updates. And so we're constantly putting new features out. We're constantly putting new and different design you know, options out and we offer it basically instantly. So every time we update, we, we take care of all of the updates and all of the maintenance and all the improvements. So Gina, I first heard about you and Mighty Networks on the Smart Passive Income with Pat uh-huh. Flynn. Um, what was that? About a year ago or so, something like that, eight months. It was it was sometime last year. Yeah. And and Pat Flynn recently launched like a new a new sort of community. And and when I saw it, I was like, oh, he's finally using Mighty Networks. And and he yeah. didn't. He used something yeah. else. Do you have any idea why he didn't use Mighty Networks? Yeah, no, I I uh, so I just I don't know. Um here's what I would say. I have a feeling that there's probably some really smart business things going on behind the scenes when you have the kind of, you know, audience and the kind of following Pat has. Uh, The other thing is that there is this path and this model of, hey, I want to have and continue to use a course platform that is content focused. And then I want to work really, really hard to not change that. So I'm going to embed or or add on community. And it's certainly one step better than a Facebook group. So no question if you can if you can do SSO, you know, single sign-on and like use your teachable account with a community, but that's that's better. Um, I would observe two things than than a Facebook group. It is very different than having an actually an integrated experience. So if you're Pat Flynn, you're not leaving Teachable. You're just not. like, And that's okay. And that's totally understandable. The flip side, though, is if you are either a new course creator or you are, you are set up with this Facebook, you know, Teachable Kajabi kind of dynamic, um, that embedded option, I think is very, it's a brand new service. I think the verdict is still out on whether that's ultimately going to get the kind of student success that any of us want. Um, so I, I think that there's some really interesting things about what they're doing. Um, I, I think it is a unproven model and one that, um, 
I think at the end of the day, when you start thinking about live courses and you start really thinking about how you create an integrated experience for maximum impact, you can't separate out your your course and, and your community. Uh, and the, the whole, you know, let's make them try to like talk to each other. It It doesn't get you that much better than Facebook. Yeah, I know he ended up using something called Circle, and I've looked into that as well because I'm trying to look into everything. Sure. And that that is that's just a community platform, which uh-huh. there's a lot of those out there. I mean, are you familiar yeah. with Sam Ovens? Yes, he's yeah. a big time marketer. Consulting.com. Yeah, he. I'm in. I'm in some of his Facebook groups. I don't know if you know about this, but about five days ago, he put a post on one of his biggest paying Facebook groups that said, "We're moving off of." Facebook uh, for the community or moving to the, he, he's building his only own community platform called school. Yeah. And so there's, there's all these little community platforms, but I haven't seen a lot that do the community and the courses all in one. Well, there, and there's something else too, which is um, payments. So it, yeah. the, the, you know, a, a, that's another thing we added. And, and again, we added it because people told us that's actually what they wanted. Um, and we are seeing that, Again, when you have all of these different pieces, the, the challenge with community, and I think you know, I think that the new services um, will see this is that it always seems like it's a lot easier to do than it is. Um, you know, at Mighty Networks, we've been building communities for a long time, um, and it allows us to do some things like see how courses and community interact with each other. See how, for example, important events are to creating a really easy way of building a community. You know, so for example, if you're a brand new service like Circle, like you don't have events, you don't have payments. And the answer is, oh, well, you, you're going to just, you know, use Zapier to like move things around. And we're right back at the beginning of like, that's a lot more work for the content creator. That's a lot more work for the course creator to like set all of these different things up. And then on the custom development front, you know, it's really hard to do and really expensive. And so what happens, and this might be just inside baseball. So, so forgive me if, or, you know, just kind of the curse of the curse of expertise or knowledge, I'll say knowledge, which is the other thing that happens when you're building a community platform is that you start with the web because it's the easiest development platform that you can have. And then you're like, iOS coming soon. And then you realize pretty quickly that actually building an iOS app uh, to integrate with the web is hard. And then as soon as you have the iOS app, you're like, not only do you have to actually keep improving the iOS app, but you also then get all the people that are like, well, what about Android? And now you're in a situation where you're trying to like just maintain at the same time that you're trying, like other people are coming at you with like 15 different features that they want. And and it just gets, it gets very hard and very confusing coming back to what a course creator is looking for, which is member or student success a lot. It's really hard for a new community platform to get the features and the combination of features that are going to enable that student success. And then you're, if all you're doing is you're moving your Zapier, you know, set up from Teachable and Kajabi or in a Facebook group to like all these new things versus if you can bring more of them together so that they can be integrated seamlessly all in one place, all under your brand and instantly available on web and native apps. 
like one one's a heck of a lot easier than the so other. I'm, I'm the curious other option. next about maybe a specific example. And I know you brought up the the girl with the the yoga uh, business. So, uh, what other maybe course creators first out there who were on another platform like a Teachable or you know my my course is on ClickFunnels right now and had a community somewhere else and then brought everything together in Mighty Networks and had a really good experience. Can you share with us a, a story from somebody? Yeah, I'll, I'll share one that that I. Uh, that I love and is brand new or, or not so brand new, but I, I think it's actually happening more and more across mighty networks right now. So there is a, uh, an amazing woman named Mary Heffernan and Mary runs something called five Mary farms. It's a ranch, uh, you know, cattle ranch, um, about five hours north of, of us in Palo Alto in Fort Jones, California. So just the tip of Northern California. And she is an incredible entrepreneur. She's got over a hundred thousand Instagram followers and documents, basically life on the ranch. And about, uh, a, I want to say maybe two years ago, she launched, um, uh, five Mary's entrepreneur, basically a small business, um, online course. And she used, I want to say, I forget who she used for the, for the course and then had the community on, on mighty, on her own mighty network. So she was, she had the, you know, instead of using a Facebook group, she was using a mighty network because she wanted something that was beautiful and branded and, and then, but for the course content, because it was before we really had courses, um, she used, I forget who she used. It was either teachable or Kajabi. And so about two months ago, given what's happening in the world, she decided that she was going to keep her four girls uh, home on the ranch um, instead of sending them back to school and homeschool them. But instead of just thinking about it as you know homeschooling her four daughters, she thought about it as, I'm actually going to create a community with curriculum for other families that might actually want to homeschool their kids as well. She called it the ranch. She calls it the ranch school. And she just, uh, you know, she kept it limited. And for this, for the ranch school, she's using a mighty network with their courses and community together in one place. So I think it's a really good example where somebody who, who started with mighty networks for their community and Kajabi, let's just say Kajabi, it could be inter- interchangeable. Uh, Kajabi for their courses, you know, liked it. it. It's worked well, but sees the value in the next iteration of bringing her community and courses together in the same place. And I will tell you, she is having tremendous success with the ranch school because I just looked at the numbers yesterday. Uh, and I think it's a really good example of the evolution, not just of what's happening uh, on Mighty Networks, but I think in general, to, to your point, what you have found where you started with passive income, thinking about your course as, as content, which I think, again, if you have a podcast called Passive Income, how most people start thinking about it. And you y- the community stays the second class citizen, the afterthought and something that you embed into the community as opposed to thinking about it as an integrated experience. That's, that's really cool. I, I might cool and just kind of experience that for myself um, just to see what it's like on, on the student side. Now, 
for those that maybe don't have a business and an audience and all that yet, I mean, there's really two types of people listening to the podcast. Those that have a, a an online course and are looking to grow and get better, or those that are on the sidelines. And, and a lot of people don't have a course, but they also don't have an audience or a community yet. And for those yeah. people... What are the steps to get started with an online course you recommend? And I'm guessing it's not step one, make the online course. Well, actually, it's 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 a little bit different. I I am a huge fan and huge believer in, you know, Danielle Leslie and what she does with Course from Scratch. I mean, I think it is one of the smartest approaches to creating an online course for the first time, especially if you're not starting with an audience, you're not starting with an email list, you have no social uh, presence. Um, so I think that that what she's done is is incredible. And, and you know, if you can afford a two thousand dollar course, her course from scratch is amazing. Now, for for everybody else, I think it's actually you don't need her to structure. Um, what is something that any of us could do? And and, and I'll, I'll share what it is, which is first and foremost, to create an online course, do it live, do it with people. You don't need very many people to organize kind of that, you know, one concept week where it's like you set it up at the beginning in terms of what are the results and transformation that you want to deliver for your members. You know, you introduce a concept, you have a case study, you offer them a weekly challenge, they get results, and you do that five or six times in a row. That, if you do it live with people, community first is kind of how we think about it. You're recording the sessions. So we do a topic session in our community design masterclass on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. We capture that recording, we put it in the course. Thursdays, we have office hours from 9 to 10 a.m. And then from 4 to 5 p.m. where people are are sharing and workshopping almost like in a mastermind group, that topic and that weekly challenge for that week. Super easy to do. You don't have to have a PhD in online courses to do it. You don't have to sit in a room by yourself and do it. It's as easy as capturing, you know, doing a live session on Zoom, capturing it, putting it in the course, doing that five or six times, and you've got an incredible course. Now, here's the other thing if you're starting from scratch that is uh, super easy, which is because you don't need very many people, you can actually use your own network to go find those five or 10 people. Five or 10 people going through that five or six week live course is, is another variation of consulting if you think about it. And you can charge a premium for this because it's a replacement that somebody would otherwise pay for consulting. Now, you actually have passive income because you've created a course. You've done it live. It was probably pretty fun because you were doing it with people and watching them get those results. And you can also use those five or 10 people to offer testimonials and case studies so that you can actually take what you've now built and either do it again as a community and course together in, in one place or just offer the course content. We actually have a way on a mighty network. You just turn the community off and you have courses. Um, but the community is so much fun. Like, why would you do that? Anyways, there, there, there are reasons to do it. And then you can charge for that just directly in your mighty network. And what's, what's great is if you get five or 10 people results 
right out of the gate and you've gotten them through your, your own, your own network, just reaching out to friends, family, colleagues, um, you can get 20 people results and transformation. If you can get 20 people results and transformation, guess what? You can get a hundred people results and transformation. So if you invested in creating something that was, was meaningful at a premium, and you weren't focused on from day one, just like hammering out high production value content so that you never have to talk to somebody. You know, even services like Stripe or Airbnb, that their mantra in the early days was do something that doesn't scale. So I'm a big believer that especially if you're starting from scratch, doing a course live for let's just call it five people using a really simple one concept week that is going to allow you and enable you to charge a premium for your course and then scale a premium course much more effectively than if you lock yourself in a room with great lighting and a uh, you know a super hd camera and talk at the at the camera and record and think that that's going to be how you create a course because i'll tell you the thing i learned um, doing it live doing this this course live is I knew immediately when a concept hit and I knew immediately when I was confusing people and I could fix it in real time, which meant that now the quality of, of our course, my course that I teach this community design masterclass, um, because of that, it's so much better than it would have been had I focused more in on having HD video and the right lighting. Speaking of teaching live, and this this is the last thing I have for you here. I am about to do what I'm calling the piano boot camp, and that is where I'm going to teach eight people my curriculum live over 21 lessons. And I'm doing that for two reasons. One is so I can save those recordings as as kind of a bonus for it's people. Exactly when what they, I'm saying. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. And and the second reason is is also what you're saying is that I'm going to be better at teaching by doing this because. I'm going to be re-recording my course soon. I'm doing this first so I can get that direct feedback on my curriculum, even though this will be the sixth time that I'm re-recording the course. Like I said, I'm trying to make it as good as possible. So here's my question. I have these eight people. I did this whole application process and everything. I weeded it down. And I was just about to create a Facebook group for those eight people. And and we're gonna we're gonna meet live twenty one times, um, but a thought occurred to me yesterday. I was like, I wonder if this would be a good way to try out Mighty Networks. But you did mention earlier that maybe the events and the Zoom integration maybe isn't quite ready yet. Do you recommend oh, for, eight, I, for eight people? What we yeah. have right now is great. It's just okay. about to get a lot better. <laughs> so this would this be a good application yes. to just put dip my toe in the water of Mighty Absolutely. Networks? Absolutely. Okay. Any tips for for running that uh, through a Mighty Network? Yeah. Um, the the probably the most important thing would be um, to set it up as, as a course within the overall Mighty Network and then utilize the, the main Mighty Network for the community with the eight people. Okay. I, I, I'm, and I'm happy to show you, show you how to do it. We'll record it and we'll, we'll make sure your audience can see it as well. Excellent. Okay. Well, Gene, it's been a pleasure. 
Um, I could probably talk to you about this for, for a while, but I'm very impressed by you and, and Mighty Networks and what you're doing for course, course creators. It's, it's very impressive. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, just let people know uh, once again where they can find your stuff and, and maybe get started with Mighty Networks if they have been intrigued by what you have to say. Yeah. So so number one, MightyNetworks.com. The other thing I would just invite people to, to think about or, or do is we teach this way of especially if you're starting from from nothing without an email list or without a social media following, we teach how to do a community-driven course and also how to build a community that is not a grind uh, in our community design masterclass. So I, I invite you to, to join us in it. Perfect. Thank you, Gina. All right. That's going to do it for the conversation with Gina. David, welcome back. Let's talk about it a little bit. Oh man, I really appreciated. Uh, you asked her some harder questions. You know, you didn't just throw her <laughs> underhanded pitches. I mean, uh, I felt like I was a little bit like listening to Oprah asking Lance Armstrong the hard questions. But um, Gina, she was a badass. You know, like she had she had an answer for everything. And uh, yeah, I think that she's a, a really solid just creator and uh, a force. Uh, she definitely knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about. She's had these conversations plenty of times, you can tell. And she was ready for just about anything I threw at her, which was awesome. Um, now, my intention certainly wasn't to ask like hard questions. Like, g- give, me, give me an example or two of, of ones that you felt that way about. Well, I mean, as an example, um, certainly the part where you, you read the comment uh, from one of the people in your group who said, I need another platform in my life. Like I need a hole in my head. And just, uh, you know, talking to her directly about her competitor in the sense that um, Pat Flynn went with the yeah. circle or whatever he chose. Um, I mean, there were questions that I would, I would want to know the answers to, but, um, you know, the interview wasn't an infomercial for for um, Mighty Networks. Right. It was it was the questions that we wanted the answers to. Yeah, I approached it as, look, Facebook groups aren't perfect. I've got a core, a piano course where I've got a, I've, I've made, uh, I have over five thousand students with with, and over twelve hundred, thirteen hundred of them are a Facebook group. I don't love the Facebook group. I don't know if there's a better alternative though. Like, I approached it as, okay, you created this software with about communities. Like, let's sit down and talk about it and figure out. If that's a good fit for me, whether we're talking on the podcast or not, I, I feel like we would have had a very similar conversation, and so that's why I asked her. You know, those those two specific examples. Like, I really wanted to say, hey, these are some of the objections that my people have. What do you think about it? And man, that's one of the, like that's one of the things she was ready for. Like, I had this whole list of of ones I was going to read her, and she just <laughs> shut me down yeah, from the first did. one, which I loved <laughs> because she she knows the answer. Like, she knows her stuff, and she was spot on. Because I probably had fifty comments, or no, no, there's well over a hundred comments to that thread, and I picked out like the eight ones where people were against it, and then. The first one I read was like the most negative one, right? Okay. And she basically called me out on that, and and I'm glad she did. That's great. Well, what was the ratio? I mean, you say what was the ratio of positive to negative? I mean, I that'd be interesting in your piano group. Yeah, it was it was more positive than negative. Well, okay. Let me see. There was a lot of indifference too. Like, hey, Jacques, whatever, wherever the community exists, doesn't matter to me. Um, some people were like, yeah, I'd appreciate it being on off Facebook. So I would say, I would say the majority was indifferent. And then there was a split between love the idea, hate the idea. Right. Oh man. But those are comments just from people that are 
in the Facebook group and that actually are active in the Facebook group, right? Yeah. So that's not a good representation of my entire audience. And so overall, I think there is a willingness to switch. And like, like I was telling, I kept, I kept replying to people in the Facebook group. I'm like, look, it's not going to be yet another like login for you, probably. If, if I do move this off Facebook, it's probably going to be in the same exact place the course is. So it'd still be your same um, login there. So we'll see. Yeah. Man, this is still very, very early on for me, and I'm by no means switching. I, I don't know. I'm just starting to play with Mighty Networks, but I am intrigued by what I've seen and what I heard from Gina. Yeah. Well, I have to share my experience. I'm in the middle of an experiment of a community moving off of Facebook right as we speak. I think really? last Thursday okay. it rolled out. So I said I pay $100 a month for this like chiropractic-specific group. Um, you know, they put out some educational things a couple times a month, but more than anything for me, it's just this group of people that I can ask questions. I can go back and search for past questions asked. Um, and a while back, about three months ago, they said, Hey, we're going to, are you guys interested in moving off Facebook? And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they researched it. Like I said, just Thursday, they rolled out a community, uh, an entirely different app. Um, I looked it up. They used a, a service called Honeycomb. Um, but it was funny. They asked, you know, what's most important to you about the new group? Um, can you guess what the top thing was? Mm, just give it to me. What is it? It had to have gift support. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this group, yeah, I know. Like you would never think like, oh, that's important to my group, but this is a, it's an irreverent fun group, you know, and, uh, people communicate a lot through gifts. And so that was important. And so they prioritized that. Um, but other than that, you don't know, um, you don't know what your experience is going to be until you get there. So they released a new app. It's, it's clearly different than Facebook. The thing that's driving me nuts is like, if I click into a comment on Facebook, I use a swipe from the left to the right, uh, to go back to like my main feed line. And on this app, it doesn't have swipe support. So every time I go in there, I'm like swiping, swiping like a, a trained monkey. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have to actually push the button. Um, so you don't know, yeah, you don't know what people's experience is going to be like until you get there. And you certainly don't know what's most important to them unless you ask and find out the gifts. Like if Mighty Networks did not have gift support, I mean, by, by my group's criteria, that would be inadequate. Yeah. And people also in general are, are kind of fearful of change too. And they, they mm -hmm. like what, what they, they're used to. And so if I was starting completely over from scratch, I think I would try to start somewhere else. But now I've got these great Facebook groups and moving off of them, I would say is, is a little bit harder and a little bit harder decision. So mm -hmm. I'm still in the middle of it. And like I told Gina, and I'll tell you, it's, it's at the end of the day, my decision is going to come down to what is ultimately best for my student and their success. And I want to just really do my due diligence to, um, to make that decision and not, not make it lightly. Yeah. Well, the other thing, listening to the interview, I was, uh, I was cracking up how she was tempted to use some uh, naughty language. <laughs> so, so I have to ask, I mean, I'm all for this. Uh, I'm all for being on this podcast. And I, I basically in my life do have a little like, I, I'd like my mom to be able to listen to anything I put yeah. out and not be ashamed. Um, so I have to ask, does your mom listen to the podcast? No, I don't think my mom even knows I have a podcast or even what, pod what podcasts are. Yeah. My, uh, my wife, they, they, they stopped by a few days ago and my wife was like, 
uh, said something about, you know, the, the SPI episode and the choose FI episode. She was like, you know, you should share those with your parents. They would love to hear that story and everything. And, um, they were both just like, what's a podcast, but they were both like, yeah, I would love to hear that, but they didn't really know what a podcast was. So no, not my mom. I don't know. I just like, I've just listened to Pat Flynn and his podcast for so long. And he's always talked about how he keeps it clean just, just in case kids want to listen. And he just wants to encourage that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm not squeaky clean in my day-to-day life. I try not to to use curse words around my kids. And so I try to approach the podcast the same way. But no. um, people have definitely used, used strong language on the podcast. And historically, we just kind of bleep it out. And... I don't know. I'm I'm okay with cursing. Um, I'm not offended by it, but I just want to respect people that are or or uh, who have kids that want to listen to stuff like this. Yeah. Um, I also enjoyed the part where you said uh, you you described that you had a recent turning point from a focus on passive income to impact, and uh, I've heard discussions of like the recipe for a midlife crisis, and that's that you know people go through life the first portion of their life is this acquisition phase, um, you know, getting money, getting possessions, getting a certain level of financial stability. And then there's a day they look around and they say, I've, I've got, I've got what I need. And so then there's this, uh, you know, the, the recipe for the midlife crisis is like, well, what brings me meaning now? Cause I've acquired, I've acquired what I needed. And, uh, you know, it's great that, uh, rather than going out and buying a Ford Raptor, um, or whatever else you might do as a midlife crisis, you're like, you know, I really want to impact people's lives as much as possible, do even more, more impact. So cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it just kind of happened. Right. And at the end of the day, like I have to do something with my time, right. I could, I could, you know, we could, we could go to the beach all day and, and I could, um, drink white claws all day, but that's not a really that's not a really fulfilling life. I mean, it's fun to do every now and then, but it's not fun to do every single day. And I've just found great joy and passion for this line of work and and helping people learn piano and helping people succeed with online courses. And the money is nice, but it's not completely passive. And what what is really nice is when when people uh, when I see people playing the piano, like you've said many times, you know you should you should you know challenge people to to play for other people as kind of like where they need to get to. Um, when I see videos of people playing and they say like three months ago I didn't even know what the C key was, or if if people message me and they're like, look, Jock, I, I three months ago I didn't have a course, I just got my first sale, or just you know sold forty copies of my course and my launch, things like that. I mean, I feel like I'm doing good things. <laughs> while I'm here on this earth and that's it's it's hard to put into words but that's um that is that that's good stuff and that's far better than than quote unquote passive income in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So within next level courses, I mean this talk is about adding this community uh part, but then there's also where do you host your course and uh Within the next level courses group, I think that you shared that you're looking at um, like entirely different course platforms. And so, it, as I listened to this and was just thinking about your situation, um, you know, the main thoughts that came to my head is that kind of like before you would make a switch from Facebook, there might be this question of ultimately, would you like people to pay a separate fee per month or per year to stay a part of the Piano in 21 Days group? 
And then you also, again, mentioned in Next Level Courses, uh, you're starting to research all the different uh, online course platforms. So I guess I have two questions for you. Number one, um, would you consider making, like when somebody joins Piano in 21 Days, they just get the first year of membership in a community for free, and then it goes to paid? Um, and how would that influence your decision? And then the second part is like, um, what's on your wish list and what's on your need to have list if you were to make a switch to a different online course platform? And those are pretty big questions. I know Th- those are those are big questions, man. I'm going to give you the high level answers because I think the deep answers to both could be a whole podcast episode um, on their own. And so there's online courses and there's memberships. Right, and they're mm-hmm. they're kind of two different things. Memberships are, are usually more uh, pay monthly, whereas an online course is, is a one time fee. Sometimes people confuse the two. They they try to charge monthly for what's actually an online course. Memberships typically have continuously added content, interactive components, communities, stuff like that. Whereas online courses are more a set pre recorded curriculum that that you you buy and then you go through. Um. I think there's definitely room for having a model that includes both. And, and that's one of the things I'm exploring as well, um, along with this whole, the whole community platform and everything. So it's, it's an ongoing thing. And I'm usually pretty transparent with, with the audience about what I'm doing. That's kind of what this brand is built on. It's like, hey, look, I've got this piano course. It does pretty well. Um, I'm not perfect, but I figured a lot of things out along the way. I'm going to share that information with you and also from the podcast guests. And hopefully that can help you with your online course business. And so I'm going to go through this process and just make sure that I'm using all the right, uh, all the right platforms that I should be using and I'm charging the right things and, and the, the one-time payment model versus monthly is the, is the right thing for me and so on. And I'll share that with the audience. And this episode is just kind of the starting place where I talk to the founder of Mighty Networks. And so um, you're catching me a little off guard here because I do have a list somewhere of the the things that I would look for in kind of a course platform. And so if you want to actually, you know what? Found it. You ready? All right. <laughs> um, I would say this. some of these are obvious, but like developers are, developers are actively working on improving the platform. Right, it's not something okay. that they made four years ago, and now it's just there and not improving. Um, so they're adding features like, hey, gift support, you know, stuff like that. Um, it would be great to have like a community aspect to it. Uh, I know Kajabi has something. Um, other platforms have something. Uh, Mighty Networks obviously has has it, but it was community first and they added the courses to it. Whereas the, a lot of the other platforms courses first, they added the community aspect to it. Um, gamification. I, I've heard things about it. I'm not convinced whether it's necessary or not, but that would be cool to at least have that as a feature. Um, mobile optimized, uh, being able to go live from within the course platform, I think would be cool. And there's a few more, but the last one that I'll mention here is that it would be nice to be able to easily turn the course and the experience into an app, whether that's a native app or not. Um, but apps are, are only going to be more and more prevalent. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we can easily take what we have, whether it's just a course or course and community, and, and seamlessly have that as an app, 
that's a really nice feature. And like I told Gene, I think Members Pro does that already, but it doesn't have the community. Um, Mighty Networks apparently does that. I'm going to be checking that out. So those are a list of my kind of dream features. And where I'm at right now with ClickFunnels doesn't have all those things mm-hmm. right now. I 100% agree that just the most important thing is the app. And uh, I mean, the, the advantage of an app is just that you're always logged in. I mean, just that having to pull up a password is it's enough of a barrier to keep people from making progress and accessing accessing your content. And um, yeah, I think that's a huge, that, that would be my number one thing by far is, is the app. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's go ahead and, and put a bow on this episode, David. Um, you mentioned Next Level Courses a little while ago. Man, that's going really well so far, kind of the relaunch of that program. There's about 50 people in it so far. Um, there's a Facebook group, which who knows if that's going to be like that forever based on you know conversations like this today. Uh, but then, then a membership portal with some advanced training and whatnot there as well. And one thing I do with Next Level Courses is I do go live weekly and just have a Q&A with the members there and see what they want to talk about. In fact, the next one is in about 13 minutes from right now. Your Next Level Courses, are you going to be attending that? Uh, I... I- put maybe on the uh, Facebook, <laughs> you, on the Facebook event. So we'll see. I got 13 minutes to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, you've got a, you've got your chiropractic duties, obviously. I have um, a lot of paperwork to do today, <laughs> but that's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I think it's going really well. And uh, so if anybody out there is interested in next level courses and, and technically this is, this is a better fit for you. If you've you already have a course, if you already have a course and are looking for strategies on growing it, um, outsourcing uh, funnels, all kinds of good stuff. Um, and systems, then go to the onlinecourseguy.com and click on next level courses and check that out. There is a way, there's an affiliate model to get into free. There's also a paid uh, monthly option as well. And the price will never be this low. Uh, again, like it's, it's going to go up eventually. And that, that free model is probably going to go away as well. So if you want to get in, um, and be kind of kind of like one of the founding members at the at the, the lowest ever price, then, then now would be a good time. It's going really, really well uh, so far. So I'm going to be jumping on that Q&A in a few minutes, and I'm really excited about that. Mighty Networks looks awesome. I'm not officially on it yet. I'm just trying it out. But they generously uh, helped me set up an affiliate link for those that listen to this and like, I want to give it a shot. That sounds like a good fit. So if you want to try out Mighty Networks out there, you can get a 14-day free trial. But if you um, want to do that and want to support the the show as well, then head over to theonlinecourseguy.com slash mighty. Theonlinecourseguy.com slash mighty. And for the show notes of this episode, uh, all the links and notes, you can find that by going to oc.show slash 145. Any closing thoughts, David? No, I I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it was a good one. I appreciate you joining me here and for everybody out there listening as well. Normally, I would say we would talk next week, but how about instead you stay tuned tomorrow for a clip from this episode as well. Talk to you then.